Hi, how's things going? Thanks for joining me today. I hope that uh, it's going to be a blessing for you. It's been a blessing for me to be able to study this subject. And today, like I promised on my last episode, that we would be looking at the Sabbath. And um, I've had some um, Seventh-day Adventists who tried to convince me that I, if I work on Saturday, I am breaking God's law and basically could be in danger of hell, I guess. But is that true? And where did the Sabbath come from anyway? Well, as my um, studies have been, and we've seen, has been centered around Genesis. And that's exactly where the Sabbath started. It started in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. It says, Thus the heaven and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work which God had created and made. The things I notice about that verse that when I've been studying and looking at it that really seems to stick out to me is that the words finish and ended. So every project must come to an end. Everything we do, hopefully we don't just continue for the rest of our life as far as when we're making something. I mean, you make a cake and then you have to eat it, you know. You build a shelf, you have to use it. It's just when you create things, there needs to be an ending point to it. And God ended his work when, uh, on this day, on the seventh day. So the important part about these verses about the seventh day is finishing the work. That's the idea, I think, here with God. is He did something and he finished it. But it says he rested. Now, this word rested, it's a, it's a Hebrew word, Shabbat. Um, Shabbat, I'm sorry, Shabbat. And if, even if I'm pronounced that right, I'm, like I said, I'm not a Hebrew expert, but it can mean to cease or to rest. And since I hope God doesn't have to rest, because if he did, I don't know what would happen to the world while he was asleep or why he was relaxing. But I really believe it has the idea of ceasing. He stopped. He was done with what he wanted to do. Um, and so I think that's the, with the idea of him saying, and it was good. You know, he was he realized I'm done with what I was created. I made something very good. Um, so what might so also we also need to notice about this verse is that there is no phrase of evening and morning. So it's it gives that also it carries on this idea that um God was done. It it didn't require a Monday. It didn't require a next day. So there was no evening and morning to this day. It's like a an eternal day, a day that was supposed to last forever. This creation, I guess, God um considered it what he wanted it in his desire for the garden for the earth is to be an eternal kingdom, an eternal place. And so there was no need for there to be an evening and a morning on the seventh day. Um, and so the idea, I think what is being seen here in this verse is that God ceased because he was finished making what he needed to make. And like everything, if we make something if we work at something and we produce something, um, 
we need to enjoy it. That's like Ecclesiastes says, you know, Solomon said, what is it if you work for something and then you never get to enjoy it? That's pitiful. And, and this would be pitiful for God if he didn't get to sit back and enjoy it. So he made his creation and we saw him walking in the cool of the garden, enjoying what he had made. And that was his ceasing, his Sabbath, his rest was enjoying what he had done. So the fundamental reason for the Sabbath is to stop what one is doing and to enjoy what has been accomplished. And that, if we are to live out the Sabbath in our lives, that's the, the main point, that's the main principle that we're supposed to get from it. Now, the first, it, it was then, Moses then we carries this um, idea over into the Ten Commandments, which I do believe is a moral law for all human beings. Um, it's a law that God wants everybody to follow. And some people have a real hard time with that because of the Sabbath. Um, but I think that's because we have kind of a misunderstanding. But the first, the first four um, of the Ten Commandments is our relationship with God. The second are, is the, the sixth after that are with our relationship with human beings. So you have this this vertical and this horizontal relationships found in the Ten Commandments. The first one is have no other gods. And I think that's essential for the human race because everybody wants to be their own God in the sense that, and this was Adam and Eve's sin, everybody wants to decide for themselves what's right and wrong. And if you do that with billions of people on the earth, you just have utter chaos, anarchy, and we see a lot of that going on. We see people striving to become leaders of nations and then taking that nation into war or um, some course that hurts humanity because they think they, um, they know what is best for the human race. And it has no idols. An idol is taking something and making a lesser God. The only image God ever made was you. And to do to make an image out of some inanimate object of a God is, is, is foolishness. And then to use the Lord's name in an honorable way, not to use it in vain, but to honor God through his name, not taking it and using it in a, in a, in a an appropriate way. Um, one of one, I think the biggest appropriate way is to claim that you are a follower of God. You take his name as a follower, but yet you don't really follow him. That would be a real bad way of using his name. And then the fourth one is um, to keep the Sabbath. Now, <clears throat> I I like like if you're following me, I think about these things logically. And logically, to me, is you have these first three commandments that are this having this proper relationship with God. And then you have these other six commandments afterwards, love, thy, honor thy mother and thy father, and don't murder, don't steal people's things. It's a, it's having a good relationship with others. And so where does this, like, it seems like it's a, like maybe a ceremonial type law or a civic law that, um, in here. And that really doesn't seem to make sense. If you look at that, if you look at the Sabbath as solely that you need to stop working on Saturday, um, I'm not saying that that um, couldn't be part of it, but I'm saying that can't be the whole. That can't be the message. It has to do with a relate our relationship with God. Keeping the Sabbath has to do with a relationship with God. Um, and let's look at the words of the fourth 
um, commandment. It's Exodus 28 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work. But on the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. And in it thou shalt not do any work, nor thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, though thy manservant, nor thy mainservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and the sea, and all that is in them. And he rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. One of the things for sure is nowhere have I found in the, in the scriptures that says the Sabbath is for our health. It may be there. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But nowhere did I, have I found that keep the Sabbath. And in, in, in my mind, what I'm talking about is um, like it says, honor thy father and the mother that thy days may be long upon the earth. There's no idea that if you keep the Sabbath, you're going to live longer by doing it. Um, so we could just conclude that, hey, we're not supposed to work on Saturday and that's it. However, that, like I said, would make it a civil law. And I do not think that fits in the character of the Ten Commandments. Um, and here's another thing. There's nowhere that I know, and I, I was actually pointing this out in a question that Mike Winger had on his um, podcast. And he asked a question of this other person um, about the Sabbath. And he was saying, none of the other nations have were ever judged by God for not keeping the Sabbath. Now, other nations were judged for their evil works. Um, other nations were judged for their sexual immorality. But I do, in a way, believe they were um, judged for not keeping the Sabbath in the principle. And when we're going to see this, how this pans out and why I say that. But I do actually believe, but they weren't, my point being is they weren't judged for not keeping a civil law of actually not working on Saturday. And um, the other thing is the Judaizers. I don't read about Paul having to deal with the Judaizers telling the Gentiles they had to keep the Sabbath. And even when Paul went to Jerusalem to the council to ask them about what they thought the Gentiles needed to do um, in order not to offend the Jews and to keep, um, you know, basically not to offend the Jews. And they didn't say they had to keep the Sabbath. That wasn't one of the things that was required. So I don't think that keeping a certain day is really what God had intended. The day, there is a day that God stopped, and that's the key. There is a time period, and this is what we need to understand. There is actually time in our lives. Um, and sometimes a day is used in a broad sense, um, but there is a time in our lives where we need to apply the Sabbath to it. Um, and so like all the other nine um, commandments. There are practical applications where it's not just a philosophy, but we have to live it out. And it may be that there, a Saturday is our Sabbath. What we, we decide we're not going to work on Saturday. But let's get a little more into that. Um, the Sabbath, you could call it, a remember the cessation day. The cessation means to cease from working. And my understanding, and that is the main point, and it's the call us to cease from our labors. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to take a time to cease from our labors. Now, 
um, uh, I want to read this one passage to you that I think kind of really speaks to the meaning of, of the Sabbath. It's Leviticus 19, 1 through 4. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the congregation of the children of Israel, and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Ye shall fear, ye shall fear every man his mother and his father. There's one of the commandments. And keep my Sabbath. So, in a way, I see a little bit of a kind of a relationship you have an earthly parents who you're supposed to honor and you have a heavenly father you're supposed to honor. And that in the Sabbath is honoring him because he says this, I am the Lord your God. Turn ye not unto idols nor make yourselves molten images. I am the Lord your God. And so the Sabbath is tied to remembering who is God. And I, and I think that's the heartbeat of this. You have the first three commandments that tell us about you know, not worshiping other gods, but the, the fourth one is really saying, because you must trust me, you must not trust anything else. Um, as a nation, you know, Israel had civil laws to keep the, um, the Sabbath. They, they instituted, Moses instituted civil laws on the Sabbath day. Sometimes it's, the Sabbath doesn't mean worship, but they did do worship on the Sabbath. I mean, it was a practical time to do it. If you're not, if it's a day not to work, then you have opportunity to do these ceremonies, these feast days. But the Sabbath doesn't mean to, a day to worship. It means a day to rest. And it doesn't mean, the rest means it's not that we can't enjoy ourselves. We can't put forth energy and, and do things. It means Ultimately, what it means, and we're gonna, I'll keep, I'll prove this point. I think I can prove this point, is what ultimately means is we're not supposed to do work where we are trying to care and provide for ourselves. Just like God, He made everything, and then He was to enjoy it. So if we work six days, if we put in the work that we're supposed to do for our lives, then there's a day that God wants us to enjoy the fruits of our labor. And that's what the Sabbath is. Like God stopped to enjoy the fruits of his creation. We are to enjoy the fruits of our labor. Um, so the thing is, is if, you know, the, Israel had it as a civil law, but it would be hard for New Testament believers to have a civil law. We live in countries where we don't make the rules uh, I, I grew up in an, in America, and when um, in the early days of my life, I remember that stores were closed on Sunday. It was, I don't know if it was civil law. I know that there were some places in the South, I believe, but it was just a thing you didn't do. You didn't work on Sunday because it was a down day. It was a day for people to go to church. And so, um, but we don't have that anymore. Uh you know, and I think this is, I think this is one of the main, uh, not main, this is a very important point, important point, that I think evangelical scholars get mixed up with the law and, and have a false understanding about the law. Because they say, well, we're not under the law, meaning 
the law was something that God gave to the Israelites, and we don't have to keep it. And that's kind of true, but it's almost as if these were some bizarre laws that God just was trying to prove Israel by, but really had no sense to them. It's just some made-up rules he made that he doesn't really care about. He was just seeing if Israel would follow them. Um, that That is a misconception. But what the problem is, is for Gentiles who live in nations where there is no law. So it, the gospel went out into all the world. And then that Jerusalem fell, 70 AD, then there was a dispersing of the Jews. And so you didn't have a nation like Israel where these civil laws could govern the society. There were all these different laws in all these different nations. And Christians had to live within these um, restrictions or within these values that the world, the whatever nation they were in. And so um, it would be just impractical to ask a, to demand that Christians follow the laws of the Old Testament. And this is where I think you will get a greater understanding of Paul's teachings if you understand this principle. What Paul has to do is he has to teach us how we can live out the laws that God wanted Israel to follow because they were his people. But we have to do that within countries who push back on those laws. So what Paul's doing, he said the law is not bad. He said he would never have known um, uh, uh, what did he say? I would not have known lust had the Bible said thou shalt not covet. Paul uses the law, but what he's saying is, I don't want you to feel that you have to keep it in the ceremonial or civic way that it was given that Israel had to do it. But what I'm trying to show you how to do is how to keep the principles of the law in in your wherever you're living, in whatever nation you are at. And that's it once you understand that, I think it changes the way that you see Paul's teaching. Um and look, a lot when Paul was writing, a large, I mean, it was Roman government was in charge, and a large portion of the Roman government, of the Roman citizenship, were slaves. And so I'm sure they didn't have a day of rest. I'm sure they didn't. I mean, maybe their their master did give them a day off, but it may not have been on Saturday. And so that would have, it would be very difficult for Gentiles to keep these as civic laws. And you know, I don't know, I mean, countries, I don't know if there are countries, maybe some Muslim countries that have a, a, a Sabbath law, but most countries do not. So then the question comes in, well, if we can't fulfill it by literally stop a nation stopping its um, commercial, and I think that's the important part, its commercial activities, even though, I, even though the Jews, I think, really, like a lot of things Jesus pointed out, they messed it up. They they got this idea of working, meaning any sort of energy output is work. That's not the work, um, I think, and I'm going to, we'll, we'll develop this, but it's this idea of working for gain, working to supply your needs, commerce type work. That was not to take place on the Sabbath at all. So how do we live this out? Um, I think we live out the Ten Commandments by following 
the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus seems to cover all the Ten Commandments there in principle, not in uh, some, like I said, civic duty, but actually in principle. Whatever, wherever you are, you can live out Jesus's um, commands in the in the ten in the, the Sermon on the Mount. And I think Jesus, there was a section that Jesus was talking about the Ten Commandments, and I think this helps us understand what kind of work and how we're supposed to view the Sabbath. In Matthew six twenty four. Jesus said, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, mammon was money. Mammon was this God of money. And that's what I'm saying. There's, that's the commerce. You cannot serve God and then be worried about where your next meal will come from. That you have to work and you have to gain money. You have to gain whatever it is to provide for yourself. If, if that takes precedence over God, then you are breaking the Sabbath rule. And that's the principle. You're breaking the Sabbath rule by doing that. So we are to work to provide for our needs. But God wants us to remember that He is the absolute source for everything. Uh, we should not rely on our strength, our employer, our government to meet our needs. We must trust in God. The world is too big for us. You know, some people think that they can, they can handle it. And some people actually, by providence, do seem to do very well with their own ability to work. But they're missing out that everything that all the tools, I mean, the air they breathe, the lumber they build with, the metal out of the earth, whatever it is, the oil from the earth, everything comes from God. But ultimately, we can't control earthquakes, floods, um, hurricanes. We can't control if we have an accident and can't work or we end up with a terrible disease. The world is too big for us. It's too much for us to control. And that's where this ultimate trust in God comes in. And so Jesus said, um, so let me say this, we must exercise our faith in God by ceasing to try to make ends meet. There comes a time and a day, maybe it's a whole day, but there comes a time you need to stop and say, I'm not going to try to make money today. I'm not going to try to produce, to provide for myself today. I'm going to enjoy today. I'm going to enjoy in the Lord and that's a great thing to do on Sunday with other believers in worshiping God in the church. But um, Matthew chapter 6.25 says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what, it shall, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? And then we skip down to verse 30, going to 33. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, for, or wherewith shall ye be clothed? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. That's why Israel is different, because they weren't supposed, the civil law, the Sabbath, was supposed to teach them that God will provide. 
For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So, the final rest. Like I said, the world's forces are too great for us to ensure that all our needs will be met throughout our whole entire life. Financial crises, um, like I said, uh, natural disasters, health problems, all these things are beyond our control, and there's only one who can help us through them. The greatest thing that we face is the debt of our sin. Our sin debt is too great for us to pay. We need to be good people, but our efforts at being good is, will sh fall short of what is required to have eternal life with God. If we are left with the debt, the debt of sin, when we die, uh, we will be without God's goodness forever. And that, my friend, is hell. And the best way to keep um, the Sabbath is to stop all our efforts to earn our righteousness. We cannot earn our entrance into heaven. Our righteousness, we should, people say, well, I think I'll go to heaven because I'm a good person. If you say that, you're breaking the Sabbath. Because what you're saying is, I, I am sufficient within my own righteousness, my own goodness, to earn my way to heaven. I don't need your help, God. I can do it. That is breaking the Sabbath. Um, Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The psalmist said in, in Psalm 16, 8 through 10, I have set the Lord, or I have, yeah, I have set the Lord always before me, because he is my right hand, and I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoices. My flesh also rests rest in hope. See, he's resting in the hope of God. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. That's the grave. Neither shall thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. And then in Hebrews 4, 1 through 3, let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into his rest. And I believe here is how the Apostle Paul expressed his keeping of the Sabbath. Philippians 3.9 And being found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Paul was working hard to be righteous. He talked to, he, Before this, he lists all the things he did he was working at to be righteous. But when he saw Christ, when he saw the true Sabbath, the one who provides our needs, he says, I'm not going to trust my works. And he entered into the Sabbath by faith. By faith, he entered into the rest saying, Jesus is sufficient for me. 
He is my Sabbath. He is my rest. And he is gives me all the righteousness that I need. And I do not have to work at earning it anymore. So the conclusion. The origin of the Sabbath was God completing his work of creation. It wasn't so he could sleep or rest to regain strength. The rest so that was so that he could enjoy what he had accomplished. Human sin brought to- turmoil into creation, and there was no longer rest in the world. Man was tasked with working to bring, or working to be good enough to restore the creation they had destroyed. God commanded the Sabbath so that we would stop our efforts to be holy and rest in His finished work. We have we're we're to have no other gods. I don't. I was looking at that in like my notes, and I'm like, that was not making any sense to me. But we're to have no other gods before Him. He is our Sabbath. We have made a mess of the world. Our sins have made a mess of his world. And through the whole Old Testament, one attempt after the other for men to fix the problems, and all we do is make it worse. Do we believe what he said? Any person who fails to rest from all their attempts at righteousness breaks the Sabbath and will be cut off forever. And if you look up Moses' civil laws, that's exactly what he says. If you fail... To rest in God, you shall be cut off forever. And you shall be put to death, (laughs) he says. So Jesus asks you to repent. Yes, you to repent and accept him as Lord and King and ruler of your life. Let him meet your needs. Let him be your Sabbath. Hey, thanks a lot for listening. I hope this was a blessing to you. I hope that you got something out of it. Um, And and you're seeing the Sabbath as you've never seen it before. That's my hope. Like again, don't just trust me. Go back to the Word of God. You can go to BibleHub.com or a Bible app you have on your phone and type in the word Sabbath and take the time to read through there. And I I think you'll get to see what I'm talking about. It's... It's the only way that makes sense of everything is to see not that it's necessarily a single day, a civic law that we have to keep. It's a principle of truly putting your faith solely in God as your provider and the Lord Jesus Christ as the propitiation for our sin to save us and give us eternal life. Thanks a lot. Hey, please subscribe to my channel if you haven't. Please tell a friend. Please, um, you know, like it and share it with others. I would so appreciate it. Thank you very much. Bye.